Hi, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's guest is... Hi guys, I'm Vic. Thank you for agreeing to be on our podcast. We're really excited to have you. Uh, Becky has known you longer than I have, of course, because mm-hmm. of all the adventures you get up to, and I look forward to talking to <laughs> you about those. But first, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. Okay, well, first, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be talking about whatever you guys have in store for me. So for those of you guys listening, like I said, my name is Vic, and I'm a Montreal-based professional photographer. And I've known Becky for how many years now? Oh, like, I want to say three. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good guesstimate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to start off with a question for the two of you, which is, how did you two meet? Oh, I actually like the story. (laughs) Do you want to say it? or I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start and you can, you can fill in the blanks if you want. Okay, so I landed in Montreal with two suitcases and hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not very good French. I wanted to continue blogging, of course. So I was, you know, sitting at my friend's place and looking on Instagram and I literally just used the hashtag mtl photographer and i was going through a bunch of them and i was like "Ah, i don't there's a bunch of them that i didn't like their style or they seemed maybe like too high end if that makes any sense like they did like studio sort of work and that wasn't really what i was looking yeah more editorial wasn't really like what i was looking for more lifestyle more chill more fun and cute you know (laughs) and i stumbled upon miss victoria's uh instagram and i was just blown away i'm like wow so vibrant i love the way that she captured these people's beauty everything about it really really cool so i sent her a dm i just remember you being like very professional mm-hmm. and very sweet <laughs> and you were like okay you need to sign this da, da, da. i was like yep yep no problem and then we met at jean Talon and you're like my friend's gonna come with me and i was like cool yeah because well, you want to make sure you're safe, you know, Becky could be a predator. Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially like I, I saw that she wasn't really from Montreal either. I was like, hmm. <laughs> you're like skeptical. You're like, <laughs> what is this bitch from Northern Ontario? You know, honestly, I was not sure. Like, up. I was mm-hmm. like, I had at that point though, like, yeah. to be fair, I had a lot of bad experiences happen like one after another. So I was just taking right. precaution. <laughs> no, that makes that makes total sense, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just remember seeing you and I was like, damn, this girl is so young. Like, I remember <laughs> being so surprised because I don't, I don't know if at that time you had any um, photos of yourself on your Instagram. So I, I, I knew you were a woman and you're like, okay, I have brown hair, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, 
school, mm-hmm. but I didn't know beyond that. And then I remember you're like seeing your friend and I was like, oh, like she looks nice, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, that's photographer. I was like, wow, she's really young. <laughs> she's like, she's going to take my photo, this young <laughs> child. He's this barely old enough duck. to hold a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like what, what do you remember from that? Uh, well, pretty much everything you said, I do remember being like, not skeptical, but a bit like, I guess, like guarded. Yeah. Also at that time, like I said, there was like a bunch of things happening, like bad, the bad things happening with like bookings. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't know as much as I do now. And that's the thing, like we're always learning. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, like sometimes, you know, I'd bring like a friend to my shoot. I just remember like, Becky like pulling up with like I think you had like a cute dress like I don't know I, I yes. want to say it's blue but yes. like I'm not sure striped white yeah white and blue yeah I just remember seeing this like petite like lady walk in I'm like oh my god look at this this gal <laughs> she looks so <laughs> suburban and I was like oh lord she doesn't know what she's like getting herself into but um the yeah. photos I remember we had like wrapped up the shoot and we had like you know pretty good conversation it's nowhere like yeah how how, like comfortable we are today of course but I just knew that like she was someone that I would be talking with I didn't know if it was gonna be professional I didn't know if it was gonna be like friends I just like you get a certain like energy off of somebody when you first meet them Mm -hmm. so that's what I remember and I just remember going home like we killed that shoot and I remember (laughs) feeling the same I remember like because I had worked with I had worked with another photographer before, but like I didn't get that same vibe. Like I, I worked with him twice, and both times I felt like, hmm, like he's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not creepy or anything. Like he produces good work, but I was <laughs> that, like, that's there's a very important. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the comfort was like, I, but I don't know. It was like something was missing, and I think it's like that chemistry, or like that click. And definitely with you, I felt it. I was like, oh, she's funny. And like, she she's definitely professional. But I can I can see that there's so much more behind that. Oh, thank so, you. And here we are today. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. Like, no, try. No, she's here for life. Well, you're business partners, <laughs> right? You. Like, you're running a marketing agency together. <laughs> we Hell are. yeah, we are. Mimosa Marketing. Hit us up, baby. <laughs> Send us a DM. I'll probably answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Vic is, Vic is on that. I am not. I will look at it three days later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Okay. So I, I have to ask this question. Car and I have previously talked about creativity and when we feel like the most inspired. And I'm so curious to know, when do you feel the most creative? Okay, such a good question. So to answer this, we have to throw ourselves back to like 2017 me. Uh, And the reason is because when I started photography, uh, of course, like I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was in school and like trying to like understand what was happening, but I was a big music junkie. Like I would always have one earphone in it in like my classes. So I was always constantly listening to music. So I kind of started um, what's called listening, making playlists and like theming the playlists, if that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. like listen to this when you're sad, listen to this when you're happy. And uh, like it was moments right before bed for me, I think that. I would put my headphones on and then I would just picture like some sort of scenario. And then right away, I'd like 
hop on a notepad or like pen and paper and just th- be like, okay, let me try to mimic this vibe in the next photo shoot somehow. And mm. uh, if oh, you scroll that's really back, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that, but if you scroll back like to the old, old posts, you'll see that most of the mm-hmm. captions are actually lyrics from certain songs that I was listening to at that time. So it kind of, uh, yeah. Isn't it interesting how our creative processes kind of go through these phases, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you've got your your playlist phase and then maybe, you know, the playlists might drift out of the picture, but you still keep kind of like that imaginative, like focus to it. And then it's like, as you continue to go through and hone your skills, your creativity grows with you and the way that your creativity manifests grows with you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's definitely not something that you can like have the same answer for, you know, maybe in like two months, it'll be different. It's just something that's always changing and always evolving. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. I like it better that way. (laughs) Yeah. Like it keeps things like fun, interesting. Mm -hmm. You got to like be on your toes. I agree with you. Constantly on the move. Do you feel like obviously we're going to be talking a lot about photography in the, in this episode, but mm-hmm. do you do stuff beyond photography? Like, oh, is that boy. what else? What else do you love to talk about? <laughs> what else do you oh, love getting creative at? Kind of worms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, <laughs> listen carefully. <laughs> um, I do a lot of different things. So um, obviously, when somebody asks me what I do, I present myself as a photographer because that's mm-hmm. what I studied, and I mean, it's my first ever probably like love I also well you know I run the marketing agency Mimosa with Becky and Marie and then I have my own food blog (laughs) so I do food photography there and I help local businesses grow on that what else do I do uh (laughs) I uh, dabble in some music too I don't know if that's like worth mentioning yeah I think it's super cool yeah it, it really like it's especially cool now like from the previous question you just asked I feel like music has just like constantly stayed like in my life but I've I've only started writing and, and recording as of recently and I've been having a lot of fun with it so in a nutshell well, sometimes I find that like whatever you consider to be your primary creative outlet like photography sometimes you need a break from that to recharge that aspect of your creativity but if you are a creative person, you can't help but be creative. I agree with that. It's definitely something that it stays with you, but you get you get kind of tired or like drained from a certain thing if you kind of like, not abuse it, but like do it all the time. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. You, you said it so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point. It like, yeah, I feel like sometimes creativity can be like very ener- energizing or it can either be very draining mm-hmm. well it's about the focus behind it right like sometimes you get in the zone and you might get energy from that while you're doing it but then the mm-hmm. moment that the, your your state of flow collapses and you're done with that creative rush you're like wow i'm completely drained now yeah wow, that, that is exactly so what it is it's a creative rush it's the yeah. same feeling like an adrenaline rush or you know, like you're doing something you feel like you shouldn't be, you're like living life on the edge. It's the same feeling. After that's over, you kind of like, I'm pretty pooped, like not gonna lie. And being a photographer, like you're constantly like you're moving and you're doing like these weird positions. And then <laughs> I, I know you've all, you've you've often said like my back is hurting and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen you. This is something we don't think about when it comes to photographers 
um, especially on photo shoots with models, right? Yeah. Where it, we just see the final photo and mm-hmm. we just, we see the focus on the model. We don't see what position you had to contort yourself into to get that photo, <laughs> get that angle. We don't see, you know, the oh, bee boy, that don't. keeps coming back and bothering you just as you were about to line up the shot. We don't yeah. see like the, the, the kids camera. running around in the background. Like you, you, you so rarely, like unless you're in a studio, right? You so rarely have control over your environment like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, a good very point. There's a lot. There's a lot of behind the scenes that, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to show more of that, but it's really hard, especially if it's only me on the shoot. Like I only have mm-hmm. two hands. You someone you know? else. Yeah. <laughs> you need like a third to to you do all the intern. behind the scenes. I need oh a little intern. Oh my gosh. <laughs> put the call out (laughs) but uh yeah no it's definitely something I'm like working on like trying to get at least not an assistant I don't want to call them an assistant or intern or I just want to have a friend there you know Mm -hmm. like with me Mm -hmm. and you know if it's someone that is interested in the field okay cool all the better I'm sure they'll pick up a couple of things but for me it needs to be as comfortable as it can be for everyone Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I I don't know that's just what I, I'm, I'm missing. I haven't found someone that like fills that yet that shares the same like excitement, but um, I'm definitely trying to do like behind the scenes more because y'all don't even know there's, <laughs> there's a lot of movement, <laughs> a lot of like the times we're just like hot messes, but you know, yeah. it comes together. Well, you always manage to make Becky look even more amazing than she does in real life. So. She, she looks perfect in real life for those who are listening. <laughs> that's funny I look like a gremlin this morning but thank you I always think you have Ariana Grande hair because it's always ponytail sleek (laughs) but you're like oh it's greasy but I'm like no it works because it's like sleek and you have dark hair and it's so long and it's like luscious yeah hell yeah it's freaking luscious yeah girl oil that thing is that the secret? <laughs> no, I'm just Greek. <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, if you can manage it, be Greek. Be Greek. Or marry Greek and somehow Ooh. get the Greekness. Yes. It's the vibes. But it's also the genes, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just thinking, though, like, Greek men. Like, what are they like? They're hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that you can solve. Like, that's easy. Um, like, you just get a trimmer. That's a very big question. What are they like? Mm, I mean, honestly, the only Greek man I know is my father. Like, I don't really... <laughs> I don't really... Uh, I don't know, actually. I just thought about it. I'm not big in the Greek community. Um, right. Yeah. I honestly don't know what they're like. But if you're Greek and you're listening... Tell us. Tell us. <laughs> like you're and correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like you're a dreamer but you're also a planner so do you do you feel like you've like sort of planned and I'll put it in quotations yeah the next like I don't know three to five years of your life hmm 
Okay. So, or do you hate that question in general when people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like that's a question that they definitely ask you, like, when you're like in school, like graduating, yes. or like when you're in an interview. Yeah. But I do see what you're saying because I am a very organized person. And I like to plan things out. Mm-hmm. But so I plan things out like weekly because anything else kind of stresses me out. Yeah. And the reason for that is I used to plan everything literally everything mm. and set like a million goals there's nothing wrong with setting goals for yourself but sometimes like life just throws you curveballs and I realized for me personally I'm gonna set these crazy expectations up and then if I don't meet them because I'm a perfectionist as most of the creative field people are mm-hmm. uh, I will get super sad if I do not like achieve those goals mm-hmm. so Right now, in this moment, I don't really have a quote-unquote plan or plan of action. I just know that what I'm doing now is making me really happy. And I see, like, constant slow growth. So I'm just going to keep progressing in this way. But... Ooh, I just, like, got the chills from you saying (laughs) that. I love (laughs) that. That's amazing. What are the ways in which you see yourself growing right now? I mean, for example... um, Like ever since I was younger, I was always in the kitchen, but I never thought like before COVID happened, like hate to bring it up, but you know, it's, it's here. Um, Before that happened, I was, I mean, I was always too scared, I think, to like push forward in that domain because I never thought I would be like accepted or good enough. So that is like a whole different avenue that I jumped into. And I feel like, like it was a time where businesses needed it the most. And I mean, I'm still helping businesses, but now it's 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 just blossomed blossomed, sorry, into like something completely different. I started working with small home based bakers, and now I'm just like working with restaurants, like bigger brands that we know, franchise restaurants. And I just feel like if I keep going in that route, maybe it'll bring me outside of Montreal. Like who knows? Like, do you feel like you have any dream clients or like a dream company that you're like, oh, I would love to do some photography for them? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, I know when I started, I definitely had a bunch. Now, honestly, I think my vision has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll like try to explain it. And the best way I can explain it actually is, I don't know if you guys have seen 13 Going on 30, the movie. Love it. No. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are you joking? You're joking. We gotta watch it. Oh my god, no. Okay, so I'll try to explain. It's a classic. Yeah, it's definitely a classic, but it's more like a, you know, like those like cheesy, like, you know, so it's not for everyone. But uh, I grew up on like movies like that. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, towards the end of the movie, uh, the main character, Jennifer Gardner, I think, yes, um, or Jenna Rink, (laughs) she is in marketing and then she has to present this crazy campaign. And Mm -hmm. the business wants her to present uh, this super, like, vogue, like, hard, like, basically what you were saying, Becky, you remember you said they were more editorial in the market? Mm -hmm. Things that don't, in my opinion, generate feelings, because that's not the purpose of, like, editorial. Like, it's more to, like, sell and more, like, advertising. Mm -hmm. So all this to say, she basically scraps the project that the bosses wanted her to do. And she said something along the lines of like she brought post uh, poster boards and she put up like people that she actually knew on the boards. And I don't really remember the exact quote, 
but she said like I want to see like my best friend's daughter on the cheer squad in a magazine I want to see so-and-so on a magazine and I think when I started photography I had all these crazy hopes and dreams like I want to work with this company I it would be cool to be work with uh so-and-so but at the end of the day as cool as that is I feel like my purpose is not to work with those brands. I feel like my purpose is really staying within my community and making my community shine, like Montreal in general. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where I've shifted. <laughs> I kind of blocked out, like, I don't see anything anymore. It's just like tunnel vision for me on like what I want to do. So wow. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> no, makes sense. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting the sense from you that... Y- you do sort of want to avoid like that more corporate style photography. Yeah. Um, now I do because yeah. I've had some experiences, like we're not going to mm-hmm. get too into it, but I've had some experiences where it doesn't follow the values I like to have in my photo business. And like the way I approach people, I always try to show the most genuine side of whoever I'm photographing. If it's a person or, you know, even with food, like I don't make things up. It's nothing mm-hmm. is overly saturated, overly edited. That's just how I roll. And I believe mm-hmm. it's it's my job as a photographer to like tell the, the story, like how it is. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's so that. Do you call that like realism? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about like photography or whatever. Authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And it's also like the lifestyle aspect, right? So that's why I always say like I do portrait and lifestyle first, but. Right. So if you had to choose though, would you rather shoot only food or only humans for the rest of your photographic career? That's really hard. The thing with me is I can never choose. You know, I was in high school graduating and my teacher's like, you need to choose between photography or video or, or this and that. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I have to choose. But for Why do people make us make those arbitrary choices? Like, Yeah, why? really. Like, because they're like, if you can't be good at it all. That's what I've heard all my life. Mm. You cannot be good at it all. Why I was not? like, okay, watch me. Like, I can't <laughs> be good at it all. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. But who are you to limit someone else? Honestly, I see I see how it is from their point of view. Like, oh, you can't be, you know, doing the best in this and that. But I can dabble in it. I can have fun in it. I'm not here saying I'm the best. But never limit yourself. People around you will try to bring you down. When I went to university, they were mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't double major in English and mathematics. You have to pick one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, it's annoying. Yeah. Okay, so... On the subject of shooting food versus shooting humans, mm-hmm. could you explain to those of us who aren't photographers, what are the different challenges involved when you're just shooting like a stationary object versus like mm-hmm. people? Well, um, really good question. I think for the most part, portraiture, um, most of my photo shoots are like outside. So like we spoke about earlier you never know what you're going to get. And uh, the weather forecast is like, you know, crazy. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been stuck in like ice storms. I've been stuck in shooting in thunderstorms. Like it really depends the client and what they're comfortable with. But that's definitely a challenge for like portraiture when it comes to outdoors. Uh, If you're shooting in studio, you have to rely on like your equipment actually working. Like what if the flash doesn't go off? Do you have a backup plan? I feel like you always have to have 
some sort of like emergency exit plan, if that makes sense. That's, that's or, where your organization comes into play. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then my brain will just be like, oop, okay, if it rains, we'll do this. So that's what portraits, I think, mostly. Um, and then there's also a whole thing about like reaching the location because people forget like you, you have travel time and like, mm-hmm. how are you going to plan that route? Like, how is your like model going to get back home and all this stuff? Like, I'm just such a mom. So I always worry that my clients like, like I always tell them to message me when they're home <laughs> or like mm-hmm. something crazy. So that's, I, I can only imagine like if there's like clothing changes, is there a place mm-hmm. to change? Like, no, mm-hmm. especially if you're outside, like Becky has changed in some weird places. I, <laughs> I will not just like lie. Here. I'm sure someone has seen something. Yeah. But, but sometimes, like, if the client lets me know that they're going to bring multiple outfits and let's say we're at a park, I have to remember to bring, like, a towel or a blanket or something because I know that they probably won't. And it's it's not their job to do these things. Mm-hmm. So I need to make it as smooth as possible for the client. Um, and you do. Food. You do such oh, a great well. job. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Seriously. Sometimes I bring snacks, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or like a lunch. Like, a tissue? <laughs> yeah. Well, now yeah. I know why Becky likes bandage? you so much. There you go. <laughs> she knows the way to my heart through food. Yeah, it's food. Or she'll be like, oh, I, I baked this amazing thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. How <laughs> can I like, say no? <laughs> yeah. She's she, she's like, I know you're not going to eat it all right now. Just put it in your freezer. Like, got it. <laughs> On it. Um, but, um, yeah, there's definitely other things that I'm, I'm like, not I'm blanking on right now. But um, for food really depends the environment you're shooting in for me I do it at home and I do it in my like homemade studio so it's not like this crazy production but it's equally as hard like there's a lot of planning before the actual food hits the backdrop and you know the lighting and the angles and I'm working all by myself too and then with food it's it's always a question of when does the food look its best you know right because I know that in like commercial photography mm-hmm. you know the ice cream is actually like potatoes and stuff and there's all this trickery oh, going yeah. on there's and a bunch of stuff you cannot I, eat. <laughs> I assume you don't do that but no, i'd be no, curious I, to I've know done like it a couple of times <laughs> oh okay. okay we're getting into the, the real yeah, the real the stuff here tell all yeah um have you like do you have any co- sort of cool tricks for those kinds of more difficult foods where you kind of coax them mm. to look their best for you Well, for me, where I'm shooting, I have access to a window. So if it's like super cold, let's say I'm like, now it's going to get colder, right? Mm -hmm. I would probably start, I would, I would base myself off of like the weather and the temperature. So if you are shooting ice cream, for example, and you actually want to shoot ice cream, first things first, like I would use like, um, I guess like cups as something I've done. If it's like food that needs to stand or like, it depends how you shoot it, right? But I usually put like the ice cream cone inside the cup so then I can actually like plate last minute and remove things if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of like you're definitely going to want to get your hands on. I don't know what it's called exactly. I think it's like fishing wire or something. It's like the see-through ribbon, I guess, or string. And that's really helpful for like shots that you want stacked food, but then you just go in post and you edit it or a blow dryer i've used a blow dryer to blow off things on the food and <laughs> just to avoid <laughs> like editing so but the cold mode so you don't want soggy food i've just done a bunch of things i remember using like hot glue gun ones 
or this something. is like this, this is the food shoot equivalent of your crazy poses for pretty much uh, yeah, yeah. It's like all the things that we don't see <laughs> you doing to get that perfect food shot yeah there's like a million little things and it's always like things that you see as you're shooting you're like oh wait a second something sparks and you go grab something and you come back and yeah so much work so much work that we don't see and uh, i love that you're sharing that aspect of it so that's really Thank cool you. i'm trying okay so speaking of photography in general i know you've talked before about just in general like how difficult it can be to be a freelance photographer like people sending you messages asking you to shoot for free (laughs) sometimes having nightmare clients or just in general like constantly having to ask people to credit you when they post your photos I know that's super super irritating what would you say are like some uh upsides to freelance photography or you can also talk about the downsides if you want as you wish yeah. Well, everything you just mentioned is true. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things like that just make you go like, wow, like I can't believe I'm I'm having to do this because mm-hmm. um I mean, of course, depends how you run your business. I can only speak for myself, but I like to think I'm very organized and, you know, everything is explained like thoroughly before. So, the best advice I can give someone is if you are signing a contract, please read it and like, please actually yes. like, understand <laughs> what you're signing because like nine times out of 10, it will be covered in the contract. So this whole thing about credit or like when people filter over my work and it's just like, it's all laid out there. There's no secrets, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's like coming after you for this. And it, honestly, like there's a big miscommunication from photographer to client where they don't understand. And I, I don't expect everyone to understand. Like they don't understand that they are buying a photo service. So like a photo session mm-hmm. and they're not buying the physical image. So that's like a big thing that happens a lot where I have to like break it down for them and like, You know, so they'll tell me like, I don't need to give you credit. And it's like, actually you do because I own the rights and you didn't pay the money to like buy the copyright, for example. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like ranting off. What was the question? No, it it makes sense. No, no, no. This is stuff that people need to know, especially in the age of Instagram. You know, I think Mm -hmm. as much as we talk about how social media in particular has democratized uh, how we share things, mm-hmm. people don't learn enough about copyright. You know, talk. speaking of what do we learn in school and, yeah, you know, like practical things we learn in school. Yes, copyright is boring, but it's actually it's really important nowadays because oh, yeah. Yeah. everybody is sharing stuff online and usually it's stuff you don't actually own. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. It's true. You never know where your photo is going to end up. I mean, I found it on some Chinese website. Like <laughs> my thing that like, kind of irritates me is that we will have like for example the photo community in Montreal I mean I know most of the people in Montreal that are photographers through like online and sometimes we will talk about you know these these situations or you know we'll we'll go on rants and they'll like message me like hey what do I do I've literally become the copyright police like this is a title (laughs) that my community has given me and I am so happy because I believe you worked hard for this like you need to stand your ground and you need to step up to the plate i don't care like 
if this person has 10,000 followers. I don't care, you know, like if she's a celebrity. The rules apply like how they apply. That's just that you don't get a free pass because you have like, I don't know, crazy engagement. Like I couldn't care less. Like it's a question of respect at the end of the day. Like when you see that image go up or when you see that image ripped off or whatever it is, you just look at your phone and you're like, oh my God, like they don't actually respect the art. They don't respect me mm-hmm. as an artist. Like it freaking sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah co- copyright is about more than just protecting the mouse. Exactly. Um, you know, it apply- like you said, it applies to everybody. And mm-hmm. I just think about how like, if you don't assert your rights, you're making it worse for other people, other creative oh, people. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. The moment you don't stand up to that person, they're going to think they can keep getting away with yeah, it. Yeah, and they do it to the next person and the next mm-hmm. person. And I have a problem with that. Like that literally like hurts me. I don't want anyone, you know, I every time I'm filling out that copyright infringement thing on like Instagram, I feel so good. I'm like, okay, another one bites the dust. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, ah. yeah you harness yeah. that hater energy. Yeah, I love no, that. It is what it is. <laughs> Okay, I I know you mentioned uh, the photography community. So I'm wondering what's something you'd like to change about either like the community or photography world (laughs) in general. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the biggest thing for me, I also like really appreciate this question because I'm all about like my community, my people. Oh my God, Montreal. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it just everybody needs to kind of step up to the plate. You know, if one voice is like spreading a message, I mean, I do get the message across myself. But if we were 10 people, if we were 30 people, if we made this whole movement where we need to actually step up for like, you know, I mean, just general things like the credit and everything, the copyright, whatever. Or if we share more about the behind the scenes, like when a client, let's say, doesn't pay you for a shoot what do you do this is not shared online like unless you're sitting down watching these youtube mm-hmm. videos or you know it's like we need to Where go deeper stuff yeah mm-hmm. we need to go deeper and if you're going to be promoting yourself on instagram for example or whatever i think having the resources available to your audience is super beneficial like all in one place you know what i mean or if, you, mm-hmm. if that means you have a link in bio or something just you need to be more united i think there's a lot of uh, competition because it is a business but it's an art at the same time and we're all just like trying to do our thing the best we can at the end of the day we're all photographers I find there's a big divide in the Montreal community if I'm going to be very honest mm-hmm. apart from like a handful of people I don't get too sticky with anyone because I just I don't I don't get it they see me as like a threat And I believe you need to be confident in yourself. Like when you pick up that camera and if you're in a room with other photographers, you should not feel insecure. You should not feel like scared. We should feel like we're literally like friends, like working together. Well, and there's something to be said for competition when Mm -hmm. it's healthy competition in the sense of like you're pushing each other to excel, right? Like if you see somebody else's photos and you're like, damn, like they've really stepped it up. Like I need to step up my game. And that's yeah. good as opposed to the unhealthy style of competition where you're like not sort of passing along the info that people need to know. Because I can imagine there's probably some pretty like bad clients where mm-hmm. you kind of maybe want to pass the word along, like don't work with this person. But I have also imagined yeah. there's some photographers who just would never do that courtesy. 
Mm. And the thing, the thing that I get, because I, I have private messages with these photographers that, you know, I ask them, why aren't you sharing these stories? And the mm-hmm. thing that they get is that they're scared of losing like client clients over it. But the thing yeah. is, who wants that client there will anyway? Be more clients. Yes. Yeah. And who wants someone that sides with like the bad side? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Victoria, we've had two other guests on our show so far, both of whom are like more established in their careers. Like, they've written books. Like, they've just they've checked off like big mm-hmm. items on their whatever career list that's how you want to say it. And I, but I feel like what's so great about having you on is that you're like more in the trenches, you're figuring things out, you're making a name for yourself. So I want to know, do you have any advice for other people who are currently like working towards their dreams? I feel like, okay, if I'm going to put it in like a context where I'm giving younger me advice type of thing, like Mm -hmm. what would I want to know? I mean, I think a big thing for me was like always being told no and like Mm -hmm. let me explain with a little um, story. When I was in college, so I studied photography in college. When I was in college, I was in a class. I forget the name. Anyway, not important. You know, it was this like older man, you know, sharing his life, telling us how it was back then with photography. But (laughs) I mean, it's not really relevant. But anyway, so I, I saw like a lot of people um kind of produce like I don't want to say the same work but it felt like carbon copy work where I looked at Mm. so and so's portfolio and then I looked at that and then I said how come mine looks nothing like that and Mm -hmm. it's okay like to be different it's just that I was I was very like I don't want to say ballsy but like I I pushed the limits a bit because I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing and I didn't care if my teacher didn't like it, like I liked it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I remember this one shoot I did. Oh, I don't know. I was at a cafe. And basically my like thing is like, I love reflections and colors. And Becky said, I'm very vibrant. So I remember presenting this photo of this girl behind a, a coffee shop, like glass window. And I, there was a lot of reflections inside. It was very like blue, huey. And my teacher just told me something like, well, no one's ever going to pay money for that. <gasps> and that was like indirectly t- telling me that I I wasn't gonna make it right yeah like you know and as a huge as insult a, yeah easy to and, tell you that exactly so you could imagine like also like the position in my life you know I'm like studying I'm I'm excited there's a bunch of kids around me and to get that feedback you know he could have said it in a different way like oh I I never thought about it this way so anyway all this to say. I mean, that that stuck with me, like, till today. Like, I remember. <laughs> um, and I was always, like, limiting myself on, oh, that's not what people want to see. You need to show what people want to see. And at the end of the day, I was miserable producing this work that people, quote-unquote, wanted to see and people, quote-unquote, wanted to buy. But then I, I realized, like, I mean, screw that. I'm just going to do what I do. And I realized when I started being more myself – chasing after like the right type of clients, doing the right type of photo shoots and doing it my way. That's when I actually found a lot of like success. So for anyone listening, if somebody's going to come up to you with like more experience, I don't care if they have like a million dollars in the bank. I really could not care less. Don't feel intimidated by them. And you just need to, if it feels right in your heart, then you got to execute that and just prove everyone wrong. 
because I swear to you, like, once you prove people wrong, it is the sweetest, like, I don't want to say revenge, but, like, it's a little victory win. So Sweetest yeah. revenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for being our third guest, Victoria. Thank you. So Victoria, where would you like people to find you on Instagram? I know you've got like your main account and your food account. Where can we look you up? Ooh, okay. So the best place to find me is obviously Instagram. I mentioned it like so many times. Um, my handle is at Vic Bonapartis. And um, that's probably the best place to find me. If not, you can find me on my food blog and everything's pretty much interlinked. So it's called The Taste of Montreal. That's where nice. everyone can find me. And Becky, where can our listeners find more of our podcast and how can they get in touch? All right. You can email us at we just like to talk at gmail.com. We never check the emails. So good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't. <laughs> we also have a Facebook page. We just like to talk and you can find us anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. So thank you once again, Victoria. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And of course, Becky, I will see you back here next time we record. Can't get rid of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both of you can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh, jeez. 